Chapter Twenty Three, Part One, of A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Victoria Martin. A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life, by William Law, Chapter Twenty Three, Part One of evening prayer of the nature and necessity of examination how we are to be particular in the confession of all our sins how we are to fill our minds with a just horror and dread of all sin i am now come to six o'clock in the evening which according to the scripture account is called the twelfth or last hour of the day this is a time so proper for devotion that i suppose nothing need be said to recommend it as a season of prayer to all people that profess any regard to piety as the labour and action of every state of life is generally over at this hour so this is the proper time for every one to call himself to account and review all his behaviour from the first action of the day the necessity of this examination is founded upon the necessity of repentance for if it be necessary to repent of all our sins if the guilt of unrepented sin still continue upon us then it is necessary not only that all our sins but the particular circumstances and aggravations of them be known and recollected and brought to repentance the scripture saith if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness first john nine which is as much as to say that then only our sins are forgiven and we cleanse from the guilt and unrighteousness of them when they are thus confessed and repented of there seems therefore to be the greatest necessity that all our daily actions be constantly observed and brought to account lest by negligence we load ourselves with the guilt of unrepented sins this examination therefore of ourselves every evening is not only to be considered as a commendable rule and fit for a wise man to observe but as something that is as necessary as a daily confession and repentance of our sins because this daily repentance is very little significancy and loses all its chief benefit unless it be a particular confession and repentance of the sins of that day this examination is necessary to repentance in the same manner as time is necessary you cannot repent or express your sorrow unless you allow some time for it nor can you repent but so far as you know what it is that you are repenting of so that when it is said that it is necessary to examine and call your actions to account it is only saying that it is necessary to know what and how many things you are to repent of you perhaps have hitherto only used yourself to confess yourself a sinner in general and ask forgiveness in the gross without any particular remembrance or contrition for the particular sins of that day and by this practice you are brought to believe that the same short general form of confession of sin in general is a sufficient repentance for every day suppose another person should hold that a confession of our sins in general once at the end of every week was sufficient and that it was as well to confess the sins of seven days altogether as to have a particular repentance at the end of every day 
i know you sufficiently see the unreasonableness and impiety of this opinion and that you think it is easy enough to show the danger and folly of it yet you cannot bring one argument against such an opinion but what will be as good an argument against such a daily repentance as does not call the particular sins of that day to a strict account for as you can bring no express text of scripture against such an opinion but must take all your arguments from the nature of repentance and the necessity of a particular repentance for particular sins so every argument of that kind must as fully prove the necessity of being very particular in our repentance of the sins of every day since nothing can be justly said against leaving the sins of the whole week to be repented for in the gross but what may as justly be said against a daily repentance which considers the sins of that day only in the gross would you tell such a man that a daily confession was necessary to keep up an abhorrence of sin that the mind would grow hardened and senseless of the guilt of sin without it and is not this as good a reason for requiring that your daily repentance be very express and particular for your daily sins for if confession is to raise an abhorrence of sin surely that confession which considers and lays open your particular sins that brings them to light with all their circumstances and aggravations that requires a particular sorrowful acknowledgment of every sin must in a much greater degree fill the mind with an abhorrence of sin than that which only in one and the same form of words confesses you only to be a sinner in general for as this is nothing but what the greatest saint may justly say of himself so the daily repeating of only such a confession has nothing in it to make you truly ashamed of your own way of life again must you not tell such a man that by leaving himself to such a weekly general confession he would be in great danger of forgetting a great many of his sins but is there any sense or force in this argument unless you suppose that our sins are all to be remembered and brought to a particular repentance and is it not necessary that our particular sins be not forgotten but particularly remembered in our daily repentance as in a repentance at any other time so that every argument for a daily confession and repentance is the same argument for the confession and repentance of the particular sins of every day because daily confession has no other reason nor necessity but our daily sins and therefore is nothing of what it should be but so far as it is a repentance and sorrowful acknowledgment of the sins of the day you would i suppose think yourself chargeable with great impiety if you were to go to bed without confessing yourself to be a sinner and asking pardon of god you would not think it sufficient that you did so yesterday and yet if without any regard to the present day you only repeat the same form on words that you used yesterday the sins of the present day may justly be looked upon to have had no repentance for if the sins of the present day require a new confession it must be such a new confession as is proper to itself for it is the state and condition of every day that is to determine the state and manner of your repentance in the evening otherwise the same general form of words is rather an empty formality that has the appearance of a duty than such a true performance of it as is necessary to make it truly useful to you let it be supposed then on a certain day you have been guilty of these sins that you have told a vain lie upon yourself ascribing something falsely to yourself through pride that you have been guilty of detraction 
and indulged yourself in some degree of intemperance let it be supposed that on the next day you have lived in a contrary manner that you have neglected no duty of devotion and been the rest of the day innocently employed in your proper business let it be supposed that on the evening of both these days you only use the same confession in general considering it rather as a duty that is to be performed every night than as a repentance that is to be suited to the particular state of the day can it with any reason be said that each day has had its proper repentance is it not as good sense to say there is no difference in the guilt of these days as to say that there need be no different repentance at the end of them or how can each of them have its proper repentance but by its having a repentance as large and extensive and particular as the guilt of each day again let it be supposed that in that day when you had been guilty of the three notorious sins above mentioned that in your evening repentance you had only called one of them to mind is it not plain that the other two are unrepented of and that therefore their guilt still abides upon you so that you are then in the state of him who commits himself to the night without the repentance for such a day as had betrayed him into two such great sins now these are not needless particulars or such scrupulous niceties as a man need not trouble himself about but are such plain truths as essentially concern the very life of piety for if repentance is necessary it is full as necessary that it be rightly performed and in due manner and i have entered into all these particulars only to show you in the plainest manner that examination and a careful review of all the actions of the day is not only to be looked upon as a good rule but as something as necessary as repentance itself if a man is to account for his expenses at night can it be thought a needless exactness in him to take notice of every particular expense in the day and if a man is to repent of his sins at night can it be thought too great a piece of scrupulosity in him to know and call to mind what sins he is to repent of farther though we should be granted that a confession in general may be a sufficient repentance for the end of such days as have only the unavoidable frailties of our nature to lament yet even this folly proves the absolute necessity of this self-examination for without this examination who can know that he has gone through any day in this manner again an evening repentance which thus brings all the actions of the day to account is not only necessary to wipe off the guilt of sin but is also the most certain way to amend and perfect our lives for it is only such a repentance as this that touches the heart awakens the conscience and leaves an horror and detestation of sin upon the mind for instance if it should happen that upon any particular evening all that you could charge yourself with should be this namely a hasty negligent performance of your devotions or too much time spent in an impertinent conversation if the unreasonableness of these things were fully reflected upon and acknowledged if you were then to condemn yourself before god for them and implore his pardon and assisting grace what could be so likely a means to prevent your falling into the same faults the next day or if you should fall into them again the next day yet if they were again brought to the same examination and condemnation in the presence of god their happening again would be such a proof to you of your own folly and weakness would cause such a pain and remorse in your mind and fill you with such shame and confusion at yourself 
as would, in all probability, make you exceedingly desirous of greater perfection. Now in the case of repeated sins, this would be the certain benefit that we should receive from this examination and confession. The mind would thereby be made humble, full of sorrow and deep compunction, and, by degrees, forced into amendment. Whereas a formal, general confession, that is only considered as an evening duty, that overlooks the particular mistakes of the day, and is the same, whether the day be spent ill or well, has little or no effect upon the mind. A man may use such a daily confession, and yet go on sinning and confessing all his life, without any remorse of mind, or true desire of amendment. For if your own particular sins are left out of your confession, your confessing of sin in general has no more effect upon your mind than if you had only confession that all men in general are sinners. And there is nothing in any confession to show that it is yours, but so far as it is a self-accusation, not of sin in general, or such as is common to all others, but of such particular sins as are your own proper shame and reproach no other confession but such as thus discovers and accuses your own particular guilt can be an act of true sorrow or real concern at your own condition and a confession that is without this sorrow and compunction of heart has nothing in it either to atone for past sins or to produce in us any true reformation and amendment of life to proceed in order to make this examination still farther beneficial every man should oblige himself to a certain method in it as every man has something particular in his nature stronger inclinations to some vices than others some infirmities that stick closer to him and are harder to be conquered than others and as it is as easy for every man to know this of himself as to know whom he likes or dislikes so it is highly necessary that these particularities of our natures and tempers should never escape a severe trial at our evening repentance i say a severe trial because nothing but a rigorous severity against these natural tempers is sufficient to conquer them they are the right eyes that are not to be spared but to be plucked out and cast from us for as they are the infirmities of nature so they have the strength of nature and must be treated with great opposition or they will soon be too strong for us he therefore who knows himself most of all subject to anger and passion must be very exact and constant in his examination of this temper every evening he must find out every slip that he has made of that kind whether in thought or word or action he must shame and reproach and accuse himself before god for everything that he has said or done in obedience to his passion he must no more allow himself to forget the examination of this temper than to forget his whole prayer again if you find that vanity is your prevailing temper that is always putting you upon the adornment of your person and catching after everything that compliments or flatters your abilities never spare nor forget this temper in your evening examination but confess to god every vanity of thought or word or action that you have been guilty of and put yourself to all the shame and confusion for it that you can in this manner should all people act with regard to their chief frailty, to which their nature most inclines them, and though it should not immediately do all that they would wish, yet, by constant practice, it would certainly in a short time produce its desired effect. End of chapter 23, part 1 Recording by Victoria Martin, Baytree, Alberta